What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta Zone. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, black yes hijinks, and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? Graham, it's going very well. Good to see you again. Good to see you, too. Where it's the hell you been? It's been a while. Had, had some business to take care of last week. I thought this was... This should be your primary business. I, that, you know, that'd be nice, but, you know. We're not there yet? We're not there yet. Uh, very far from that, and... Uh, yeah, revenue stream is definitely going up. It's just a matter of uh, getting to a point where it's sustainable. Right, right. We, we did lose the AAF, which was our main... Um, what the hell were they for us? Uh, we weren't quite the official podcast of the Atlanta Legends, but we were involved in kind of promoting them. Our toes were dipping in there. Our toes were dipping in there. We were actually, literally, not as a joke, talking to some pe- people over there, and that was that was fun. Uh, unfortunately, the league is no more, and yeah, got to start from scratch. Gotta start again. from scratch. In fairness, we probably lost listeners by our AAF talk, so perhaps it's probably a good thing we moved back to our standard Braves, Hawks, Falcons, and then just troll trudge through some Atlanta United yeah, coverage. As hard as it is to do, yeah. But uh, yeah, things are going well, Graham. We're uh, in my favorite part of the year now. We made it past your favorite part of the year, March, March, yeah. mm-hmm. and now April. Yes. Things are going well. Excellent. Yeah, baseball's in full swing uh, with the Braves. You got the Hawks playing their last game of the season tonight. And I feel like United hasn't played in about 27 years. But, uh, yeah, it's it's April in the ATL, like Fox Sports South says. You got your United, your your Hawks, your Braves all going at once. But uh, it really feels like the Braves have uh, come out of nowhere after everyone wrote them off for dead after losing their first three games to the Phillies. And now sit at seven and four, won six of their last seven. Look like a pretty solid baseball team right now. Oh, oh yeah. Come out of nowhere. I'm going to start off heated already. Come out of nowhere. The team that won the division is the reigning division champs yeah. and has the same roster, but in, added Josh Donaldson. Oh yeah, where the hell are these guys coming from? We we had no idea they'd be here. I don't know. I mean, you know, it just, it's because you were listening to the damn Twitter too much. No. They they negified you, Greg. It's not like, okay, maybe I should I phrased that poorly in terms of coming out of nowhere, but it just seems like there was so much uh, strife and angst about the bullpen and, and this, that, and the other, and Dansby. And from all fans stuff. that have nothing to from, do with it. Yeah, from fans and, and the media to a degree, that it just seemed like the Braves were, were written off. And it's very early on in the season. Who knows what's going to happen? But I have to say, from what I've seen so far, I like where this team's at. I know we got a couple of guys who maybe aren't hitting as well as they could. We got a couple of question marks in the bullpen still and in the rotation, but they have played well enough to be in a good position to be seven and four. And there's been some outstanding offensive, defensive, and pitching performances, particularly on the defensive side of the baseball. I mean, this is a phenomenal baseball team. We knew this uh, from a defensive standpoint. We knew this coming into the season, but it's like, wow. Just from the eye test, I, I can't wait to look at the advanced metrics a little later in the week because I haven't got a chance to, to really dive into that. But Donaldson's playing a mean third base. Dansby is as solid as ever. Albies is playing great at second. I mean, it, it, it is a formidable, formidable defensive baseball team. Yeah, I certainly didn't realize Donaldson was the fielding third baseman that he is. He's made just a handful of phenomenal plays. Yeah. And, I mean, he's just... Making all the routine ones and a lot of the ones he's not supposed to make as yeah. well. He's, he's sliding been great. Sliding stop after sliding stop. 
pop into his feet real fast. Looks really healthy in that respect. I think any worries of him being slow defensively because all the, all these injuries over the years are, can be abated now, which is really nice to see. Uh, I know he hasn't hit really yet. I think he's still under 200 in terms of his batting average, but as a solid on base, he's hitting. He's, he's uh, getting on base at a 341 clip as of last night, and that's pretty damn good for a guy who's hitting under 200. And um, I, I, I've seen enough from him where I, I feel like something's coming soon. He has had a little bit of bad luck. Um, but I, I'm not pushing the panic button on him at all. I like him where he is in the lineup. Um, I think he's extending the lineup. He's getting on base enough and scoring enough runs to remain a threat there. Yeah, he's putting together a lot of good at-bats, and he's certainly hit the ball hard, but right at people, he's hit a couple to the warning track. And I do think, you got to remember, he didn't play a ton in spring, so I think he's still kind of getting his timing down. But both of our guys right now that aren't hitting a ton that we expect to, him and Acuna, Acuna's starting to heat up um, in Colorado. He had a couple couple bombs, but, I mean, he's still sitting at 211 right now. But both of these guys just put great at-bats together, and you know that these line drives are hitting at people are going to start falling. Yeah, Acuna's got like a 125 bat average of balls in play, and that that is not sustainable at all in a good way. Like that's going to that's gonna course correct itself very soon, I feel like. Um He's gotten lucky, too. He's been hitting some balls hard right at folks. And the power display he's put on uh, early in the season has been nice. A couple of those home runs have been opposite field blasts. Uh, he's still getting on base at a 362 clip, which is really great to see. So uh, it's just a matter of time before he starts to get a little more consistent. And for the people that advocated for him to be in the four role, I'm or fourth hole, I'm starting to see – I mean, you know, you knew why, but it's nice when Donaldson and Freddie are getting on base. And like I was saying during the preview show, it's like – then that puts Acuna in a great position to succeed. But it's all predicated on those guys getting on base. And Ozzy's done a fantastic job when he's let off. Um, you know, he's hitting 400 and getting off to another blazing hot start. But more importantly than that, what else is he doing, Graham? Playing amazing defense. On the hitting side. Besides hitting well, what else is he doing? Oh, he's walking. He's walking, he's walking and not like a, striking out. He's walking like a motherfucker. Uh, I think it took, like, what, 14 or 15 games or something like that for him to get a walk last year. Five walks to four strikeouts, which is really nice to see. And, yeah, you're right, he's not striking out a lot and putting the ball in play and, and doing just a really, really nice job so far this year. Uh, the, and, you know, another thing is that the power's not there yet. It's not like he's cranking a bunch of home runs. He's only got one homer so far this year. It's just been more so him hitting balls in the gap and uh, hitting balls into holes and just finding ways to get on base. Yeah, I mean, really, across the lineup, these guys are, I mean, Freddie is just being Freddie. And you, you can see, back to Acuna hitting fourth, Freddie's getting a lot more pitches to hit than normal. Oh, yeah. And it's because Acuna's behind him. And your boy Marcakis is just being Nick Marcakis <laughs> again. Man, he looks exactly like he did in the first half of last year. He had that five-hit game last week. Um, he's been outstanding offensively again. Um, I think anyone who wants to pitch around Acuna is a fool at this point because... I mean, you'd rather face Marcakis objectively than Acuna, but it's not like we're getting to that period yet where you just easily pitch around Acuna and then get to Marcakis and you're probably going to get an out. That's not happening at all. Marcakis is just tearing the cover off the ball right now. Uh, have you seen what Andrew McCutcheon's doing, the guy that we definitely should have signed instead of uh, Marcakis? I n- for the record, I never said that. <laughs> well, he's hitting like 205. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely cooled off a little bit since. And I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait a little longer before I just completely 
Yeah, we were only in like two weeks. I know, in the I know, but it's a little too early. But your David Robertson's he's one he's one of the worst. Oh yeah, he looks like relievers shit. in the league, he and he's horrible. making like twenty million dollars. Uh, but they signed him for like a three or twenty million dollars no, two year twenty four million dollar deal. That's even worse than what I thought. Well, it's twelve million per year. Well, twenty four million over two years. Okay. How much our entire bullpen makes, pretty much. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so all these all these free agents aren't doing so hot right now, and old old Freddie Steady, Nick Markakis, he's just doing what he does, Graham. Yep, he looks really good. Um, he's also a badass. Apparently, had uh, like five assault rifles and like twenty thousand dollars in a in a safe that was unfortunately stolen from his home. But uh, he always looked like a serious, like you do not want to cross this man guy, but. Yeah, the person who stole that shit better watch their back. I mean, that probably goes kind of hand in hand. If you have twenty thousand dollars cash in your house, you probably need to have all those assault rifles as well. Apparently, uh, I guess <laughs> <laughs> it must be a huge safe too, because it's like I think not all of the guns were assault rifles, but I think a decent amount were. And it's like, and from what the story said, it sounded like the guns and the cash was all in the safe. So that's a huge safe. And, well, why do you need twenty grand in cash at the house? I guess Isn't just, that what Georgia's own credit unions for? Maybe he doesn't know about George's end. Oh. He needs to talk, talk to our boy uh, Chuck Dowdle. Yeah. The fan. <laughs> yeah. He's one of George's own. He'll let you know. Yeah. But it's all exciting. And we haven't even hit the most exciting part. Oh, my right God. Now. And it's got to be that attendance, right, Adam? Try, try. I'm just kidding. It's got to be Dansby Swanson. Yes. Unfucking believable man. And I was, I was proud of us, Graham, because, as I mentioned to you before we started, I was re-listening to our most recent episode, which was our preview and both of us were talking pretty highly on Dansby and how excited we were about the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and early on, we nailed it. Yeah, it's looking good. Three, 324 batting average, four homers, 15 RBIs. He's in the top five in the league in RBI, 419 on base percentage. And I think that's something that people aren't talking enough about. You're, you're fixated on the home runs and the exciting things he's happening on. Not you, but just you know people. And the thing I'm loving is the deep counts. He's working deep counts, and what's a foreign would be put in positions to succeed when he actually swings the bat is he's working the count. He's not getting on his front foot and swinging at sliders in the dirt. He's staying back, and he's watching, and he's evaluating the at-bat as it goes along, and he's not just up there hacking. He's become like a more philosophical baseball player in terms of his mentality. He's, he's really doing a great job of analyzing the situation and turning it loose when he needs to. Like That 3-2 uh, home run he had last night to center field, against the Rockies was just incredible in terms of the at-bat he constructed. I mean, he, he's like, I don't know how many pitches uh, on average he's seen per at-bat, but I imagine it's at least four or five. I mean, I have not seen him like swing at a first pitch or made a really bad out in, uh, probably since last year. And the wrist is also healthy, and he, he just looks outstanding. And he's had streaks like this where he's looked great, but I have never seen him be this disciplined at the plate. And the ability to hold off on the slider and, and get a walk – is, is paying dividends here when he actually gets a pitch to hit. And Frenchie keeps focusing on how he does choke up now on two strikes and he takes a different approach. And like you said, he's not he's not going for that slider in the dirt. He's healthy. He's matured. He's more disciplined. Um, he worked with Chipper. I don't know why we just don't have everyone work with Chipper. I think Chipper does work with a lot of players. It's just publicized more when they're, they start doing well. Yeah. But you hear, like, his specific quote about Dansby, the, the comparison? You think he made the comparison to Jeter? Yes. Be the next <laughs> Which is Jeter. pretty funny. Yeah. Um, hey, he's looking like it right now, man. Uh, but it's early. 
But like you said, the discipline is just so, so great to see. Yeah, even when he started off hot last year, it, it felt like it was more about like he was actually hitting pitches he should hit. Now he's getting, you know, he's turning balls that are inside, inside out. He's going to the opposite field. He's hit, he's hit opposite field home runs. I mean, he he's changed his hands a little bit. Looks like it's a little lower, and he's he's just turning quicker on the ball. But he's also waiting. You know, when he hasn't pitched a hit, he's turning quicker on the ball. But he's also waiting like a tick. And Chipper mentioned that in the athletic article is like he's he's teaching him how to just wait a little bit in terms of swinging. Because if if he's not waiting enough, he's just going to try and pull everything. Now with waiting a little bit longer, he's starting to use the entire field. And, uh, wow, I've, I've been thoroughly impressed. And once again, he's also playing an outstanding defense. Uh, it would be so – this would be like an offseason acquisition of a major free agent if he's able to put together a complete offensive season. Yeah, seriously. Like, I mean, we just kind of assumed, yeah, he'll slot Dansby an eight-hole and he'll play solid defense and whatever we get from his back, great. But, I mean, he's been – he's always had that clutch factor too. You know, even like when he's been struggling, he, he's come up with the clutch hit. Yeah. Um, but the discipline's are always been the issue. And yeah, I mean, it's just so promising yeah. right now. And I'll take the definitely take the six walk to eight strikeout ratio. That's another thing. This team collectively, I mean, there was, I can't remember what game it was, but uh, I think it was one of the games against the Cubs where we came back and we just had like three straight walks in an inning. We're not, we are not giving in to anybody out there. Um, We've really shaken off that Phillies series. And actually, I mean, we've played some decent ball clubs since then. I mean, the Cubs went to the playoffs last year. Obviously, have a lot of that core of that World Series uh, championship team. The Rockies went to the playoffs last year, making them look like chumps for the most part. I mean, Marquez, their uh, pitcher from the first night, he's a stud. Yeah, he's really good. And we made him look like an ch- absolute chump. Yeah. So that's that's really, really encouraging to see. And I think this team's just riding the wave right now. And the bullpen has looked better. They're actually pitching scoreless innings. The walks have definitely calmed down since that Phillies series. Uh, there's a couple of guys that still don't look great, like like Vizcaino, uh, especially against the Marlins on Friday night where he got two outs and then almost gave up a game-tying grand slam after loading the bases. I'm still not really sold on him, but Wes Parsons has looked really nice uh, and a couple other guys too. So I think the bullpen's been been definitely encouraging. Do we mention Luke series. Jackson? Luke Jackson looks like a major league uh, reliever again. So people- or not even again for the first time in his life. I mean, I feel like he's always had, like, you could tell, he, he like, he throws hard, he's got that good slider, but it, his location's just always been atrocious. Mm-hmm. And so many people were ready to just drop him immediately after Philly. I, I was one of those, like, just because of, like, last year's sample size, it was yeah. big enough to, for me to say, That's well, fair. he blows, yeah. you know, but that I That Philly that series down. was just tough, though, you know, like, they're all fired up with that Bryce Harper signing. Of and, course, and I mean, that, that was going to be a tough place to win that first yeah, weekend. And, and, yeah, for sure. And we weren't throwing our best out there with Bryce Wilson and Kyle Wright. Yeah. And Julio. Right. And, so. and now Max Freed, you know, has been outstanding in his starts, uh, really working that uh, curveball slider thing that you were talking about a couple weeks and back. And he attacks. He attacks like no other pitcher uh, that we have right now, mm-hmm. except Galsman attach, attacks as well. But, like, I mean, he's just been throwing a bunch of fastballs at him, say, come and get it, and then – He'll keep him off balance with that curve and the slider. And, I mean, he just looks awesome. And if they pull him – you want to see me get mad, Graham? If they pull him out of the rotation with Fulte coming back – That would be horseshit. I mean, there's no way that can happen. Yeah, I mean, he's got a 0 ERA, .66 whip, uh, 9 strikeout to 3 walk ratio. Looking just outstanding. And it's, it's nice to see our starters going deep in games. 
Newcomb bounced back uh, on Sunday after struggling against the Marlins. Went seven innings, freed, went six innings the other night. Gossman went seven innings yeah. on his first start. So now the rotation is getting solidified. Fulte looked great in his rehab start through uh, his first rehab start, at least. I don't. Uh, he hasn't had a second one yet. I don't. Think. Uh, he started yesterday. Started yesterday. It, it was. Okay. He didn't. I mean. It was kind of there was like a rain delay. He went like three and two thirds. Okay, gave up a run maybe. But his first start, he pitched like fifty six pitches, got through five innings, didn't give up a run. He, yeah. he looked awesome. Soroka looked great. Yeah, his rehab start. Yeah, I mean, I think honestly, Julio Tehran looks like the odd guy out right now, um, and he hasn't really pitched terribly, but he has run into issues of the past. The walks, the devastating inning. We saw that again in the Rockies game the other night where he was sailing along, and then the fifth inning came along, and then he gave up, what, five runs, a couple homers. Um, I know you're playing in Coors Field, but even still, I out of all the people, right, he, he's, he is uh, dead weight to me in the sense of, yeah, he's healthy, and yeah, he's going to give you innings, but when you look at the caliber of talent around him, he sticks out as, as the, uh, the last guy out to me right now, or the first guy out to me. Well, I have to say, I think a lot will probably ride on Kyle Wright's next start as well. Mm-hmm. He's the more obvious option, just being as young as he is. And I mean, he had a pretty good start against Florida. I think he gave up two over six innings. Um, and I actually thought he looked decent for a while against Philly. Yeah, and especially just, for that being one of his. But just ran into it. The first start. Saw. Yeah, the first start uh, of the season. So I think his his next start's important for him. But I mean, as I think, old Bobby Cox said, these things tend to work themselves out. But yeah. But you understand why we weren't in a rush. Like, would you really be more excited to have? Dallas Keuchel in the rotation right now over no and any of these guys no and I'll tell you why Dallas Keuchel his 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 splits over the last few years since he won the Cy Young are pretty much almost identical to Tehran why would I want another Julio Tehran in the rotation um, you know I I never really saw like if you found if there was a good free agent starter out there I'm not saying Keuchel shit but I'm saying if there was like a quality free agent that had good splits, better splits than, you know, arguably our worst pitcher, then I'd say, yeah, pursue him. But if you got a guy under contract in Julio and you got Keiko and they're pretty much the same guy for the last three seasons or so, why would I sign another one of those guys and block a potential stud like Kyle Wright or Max Fried? It's silly. Or Soroka. Or Soroka. Or Tukey. We or haven't Tukey. even mentioned Tukey, who's, he, di- who's kind of lost in the shuffle. It's interesting with Tukey. I know he, he pitched three innings and gave up a run uh, the first action with the Stripers this year. I still think of all the guys I've seen, he's, his stuff excites me the most. And I would be very surprised if he wasn't up here at some point this season. Because, as we know, baseball is the biggest marathon in sports. Guys are going to go down. Um, innings limits could be reached. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of rotating, I think. Yeah. It, it's going to be tricky to right. manage. It will be. And it, but it's a nice problem to have when guys are putting together quality starts right now. So... Uh, Braves are looking looking nice. They haven't. Uh, they've they've won their last three series, one against the Rockies, uh, two or three against the Marlins, and swept the Cubs. And for everyone who thinks we have a shitty bullpen, did you watch that Cubs series? I mean, Jesus, oh, yeah. God, I they mean, are in trouble. And I, I did look up this much. Like everyone kind of has a bad bullpen right now for the most part. Um, but the Phillies bullpen, they have like a six ERA. The Nationals are like a nine ERA. Nationals are the worst ERA from a bullpen in baseball right now. So, I mean, these things work. And we got all these young arms, and somebody's going to end up down there. I don't know who, but it'll happen. And while we're t- kind of touching on that 
Keuchel thing and all this free agent bullshit that we talked about all offseason. Um, the financial flexibility came into play, Graham. Oh, yeah. A big thing we didn't talk about that happened during our off week. We re-upped Ronald Acuna. Yep. I feel like most people probably know this already, except maybe... Maybe Hugo. Hugo. Yeah. This might be Hugo's first hearing about it, but... <clears throat> I don't remember, was it is it eight or ten years? So it's ten years if these team the options, options are, okay. are exercised. So it's eight years right now. But if we pick and the team, then the last two years are a team option. So I would imagine unless he turns into I don't know freaking BJ Upton that we would obviously pick up those those last couple of years. Yeah, I think the uh, and if if we do, it's 124 million right now. It's eight years, 100 million, and. I like this because it avoids arbitration completely. So you don't have to worry about getting into a salary negotiation and the bullshit that causes over the offseason. I think you get like two or three more additional years of control because I think he was would be eligible for free agency in like 2024 or something. Or 26. I don't know. Something like that. But now you don't have to worry about that. The dude is going to be a brave for at least 10 years and hopefully for the rest of his career. And he said that as much at his press conference. Which obviously is good news, Graham. Yes. And... You understand now, with all these young guys coming up, and I'm, I'm not yelling at you, I've, I've just been kind of mad. I mean, so happy, but mad at people for this all this offseason nonsense. You have to be able to resign a lot of these guys. Sure. So it's not just your Cunhas, your Ozzy Albies, Dansby, Camargo, Freddie's coming up at some point right. again. I don't think... All you, these young pitchers, you have to have money for them yeah, I don't down the road. That. So if you're signing... Craig Kimbrell for six years at twenty million a year, and then he sucks for the next four years. You're screwed, right? And I would also say to you though that we're probably not going to resign all of those guys that you mentioned. Um, it's just not how the world works. Even if you have loaded pockets as a as an organization, so. But I hear what you're saying. There are guys that you want to lock up, and that you probably want to evaluate a little more before you do. But right. obviously, this gives you the ability to do so. Um, You'd rather have the ability to lock some of those guys up versus Dallas Keuchel. Right. I mean, we saw what happens when you overpay for a, a bad free agent when you don't have a huge payroll and B.J. Upton. I mean, that, that hamstrung everything. Well, also, look at the Cubs. Like, their traject- trajectory is kind of getting derailed because they gave all this money to Jason Hayward and now you Darvish, who doesn't look like he's much of anything you know, so Lester still has another two years I think on his deal yeah so but he's still a quality pitcher but the, the point being they is got issues if you splurge too much on free agency it can come back and bite you for sure in the long run it's a tricky balancing act um I'm I'm gonna be really interested to see how we approach the bullpen as the year goes along if we're gonna add any pieces if we're gonna try and make any trade acquisitions I'm also really interested I think it's the last thing I'm gonna talk about with the Braves, but why is Ender still batting first most of the time? I think because we're scoring a bunch of runs. But he's not contributing at all to that. Squat. Diddly squat. Who do you want to bat lead off? Anyone else. Because the rest of the lineup is getting on base like crazy. So just move it all up, have Donaldson bat first? I I wouldn't even say Donaldson. I mean, I would rather see Ozzy up there full-time or Acuna. Is that, I know that's not going to happen, but Ozzy, why not? Yeah. Look at the way he's getting on base. Um, I, Different I, tune than you were yeah. a couple weeks ago, Graham. Well, I'm seeing, I, I, in both Dansby and Ozzy, I'm seeing 
that the maturation process has taken place. That these guys are really understanding what it takes to hit major leagues. And I'm not saying that they're not going to go through their slumps because they're still young and they're still learning and they don't know everything. But I've seen enough to the point where I'm encouraged that I would like to see a guy who continually rolls over pitches, is not that fast, can't make much happen as a leadoff hitter. Um, not the leadoff hitter anymore. It's just it's pretty simple at this point. I, I tell you, I, he did a couple good things for us. He had that leadoff homer against the Cubs, which was huge because we were 0-3 at the point at that time. And I don't know, last night I was watching him and he's 0 for 5. He started the game with a, like an 11 pitch at bat though, so that that was promising to see that he's got that in him still. Um, give it's it's too early to ring the bell and ender. I, yeah, I mean it's too early to say like to proclaim anything's going to be the way it is for the rest of the year. Even our gushing about Dansby and Freed and Ozzy, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, with the exception of Freddie Freeman, that's the only thing I know that's a consistent in my life. Death taxes and Freddie Freeman's hitting three hundred. That's about it. So we'll see how it all plays out. I just think I hope Ender's on a very short leash right now. I love Ender, and he plays amazing defense. I don't want to bench him, but he does not need to be hitting the first. I want to. I want. I want to see. And I think we've just been playing a little too well to mess with the lineup too much right now. But we can get Camargo in there more and go with that Ozzy. That the lineup with Ozzy batting first and Camargo further down in the lineup. That's a good looking lineup too. Mm-hmm. So maybe give Ender a few more off days. Culberson hasn't started once yet. You can get him out in yeah, the outfield he, as well. He's got two hits, double and a homer so far. Yeah. Uh, the bench is definitely stronger than it was Matt, last year. Matt Joyce sure. looks good, man. Matt Joyce looks solid. Hit our first home run. Um, Camargo had a big hit in the Cubs series. Uh, I think he's only had one hit so far. But, yeah, he could use a little bit more playing time. And it was nice to see Marquecas get an off day yeah. on that Sunday, um, which is great. And I think the more off days he gets, the better he's going to be in the long haul. So uh, we'll see how things continue to progress. But right now, sunny side up for the Atlanta Braves. Pretty good things season. going. Yeah. Uh, let's transition to the Falcons, Adam. Mm. Uh, big signing. The other day, maybe not big, but uh, newsworthy at the very least. Okay. Adrian Claiborne has been re-signed by the Falcons. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure if the terms have been released yet, but uh, he's either getting four or six million, or maybe five. Okay. Either way, it's four. <laughs> it's four. Okay. Four. Either way, uh, it's nice to see a familiar face come back who has contributed in the past, knows the system, and can hopefully once again provide mentorship for Tack McKinley in particular. Apparently your boy Tack wasn't too happy about the signing. Really? Yeah. Ooh. Gave some negative uh, sort of response on Twitter. Interesting. What did he say? I, I did not see this. It was like a frowny face or something lame like that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was a question mark he made after uh, Claiborne came back. So that's interesting. I mean, Claiborne's not going to give you, you know, a shit ton in terms of statistics. He only had two sacks last year, but 13 quarterback hits is nice. Well, and anything to, to add depth to a, a line that certainly needs it. Well, he also only played like 30% of the snaps last year. Right. So he wasn't going to put up the huge numbers he did with us. So I don't know if we stick with that 30% with him or if that's going to be going up. Uh, but all these guys need to be rotating in and out a lot more, I would think. Well, especially because none of them are that dominant. Because <laughs> they all I think, suck. Oh, well, I wouldn't say they all suck, but it's just like no one is a clear beast. I mean, I like to think the jury's still out on tack. 
but I expect nothing from Vic Beasley this year. We've already beaten that horse to death. But So I want someone else that can come in there and contribute. And we've seen him contribute uh, more recently in a Falcons uniform than, than, than Tack or, or uh, particularly Vic Beasley. So Do you see Vic Beasley is literally... Did I already mention this to you? He's literally the worst end in the league. Oh, yeah. One, was, 104 out of 104. Yeah, I remember that happened, uh, or that was stated during one of those Sunday night football things that we were playing, and it was like, you know, everybody says their name in their college, and they have this new thing like pro football focus ranking, <laughs> and it was like 105 of 105 or 104 of 104, or whatever it is. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, are you yeah. kidding? Yeah. This is the guy we just gave $12 million to. 13, I believe. Oh, my God. It's just, it's just pathetic. But I do like the move getting Claiborne back, and the draft will be upon us very soon. It's actually a lot closer than I than I thought. And Are we going to do a draft preview, Graham? I don't think we have the mental capacity to do a draft preview or the college football know-how to do a draft preview. There's, yeah. no, there's no acumen there with us. But you actually have a college football team and watch college football. So I, I expect you to bring something to the table there. Not a preview show, but... Yeah, well, there's multiple uh, Clemson Tigers we potentially could be drafting, right? That have a little more beef to them as a D lineman than Vic Beasley. So that's the good news. Mm-hmm. But we'll save that for our uh, right. It is show. It is interesting. We have nine picks this year, and the last time we had nine picks, the Julio Jones trade was made, so... I wonder if, in his desperation, uh, Thomas will try to trade some picks to move up to get a more prized player than he would get at 14. Could also be a move-back situation this year as well. Although it's not in it's not Thomas's M.O. Um, but there's just so many D linemen in this draft. You yeah. can get a similar player a little deeper in the first round as well. Right, and that could be an option. But I think we have nine picks... I would say go get your guy uh, at this point, even though it is a, is a deep draft. And we know the Falcons are targeting multiple defensive linemen, uh, especially Ed Oliver, who's supposed to be an absolute monster. And a lot of people projected him to go 14. So who I think would, from a body type standpoint, uh, would complement uh, Grady. Grady very well in the middle of the line. Yeah. yeah. Good point, Graham. Yep. So... Hawks are wrapping up their season tonight, Adam. <laughs> they are. And a great season it's been. And I think it's safe to say both of us love this team and are very excited about the future outlook of this team. Yeah. Um, all that draft nonsense is wrapped up. We're locked into the number five spot. At least for the lottery. For the lottery. We don't know what will happen once the lottery happens. Correct. But we know the Mavericks aren't passing us. Uh, yeah, but we could still lose their pick. But right. at, at least... At least we don't have to worry about anything. Correct. Um, For now. So that nonsense is over, which is kind of a load off my plate, Graham. Yeah. Um, ready for the lottery to come around, so we kind of know where we're going to be at. But, I mean, th- this team just... I mean, they're going for the 30th win tonight. Uh, Atlanta's embracing Trey Young and John Collins, and I think... You're starting to see around the NBA, some of these powerhouses are falling. Like the whole Lakers thing, who's going to want to go to L.A. now oh, yeah. with, with Magic Johnson Magic leaving? Leaves. Yeah, now, L.A. is like a smoldering uh, crater in the ground right now. So I, I just truly believe Atlanta's going to be a free agent destination here in the next couple of years. Yeah. If not this year. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I think uh, definitely want to talk a little bit about the game I went to, the Bucks game. We bring on uh, our special recurring guest, Alexa Reese, to welcome us. Or welcome us. We welcome you to back to the show for the first time in a while. You were also at the game, weren't you? I was. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. It was against the Bucks. Um, it was so much fun being downtown again. We got some good seats, uh, lively crowd, and we saw one of the greatest buzzer beaters I've ever seen, Trey Young. Was that an overtime? It was an overtime shot. It that was, was an overtime. Yeah. yeah. Where it was like, try to do a poor man's alley-oop, uh, completely blow it. It's a rebound. Trey gets it somehow in midair with like half a second left and puts it in to beat the Bucks, which was awesome. Everybody goes nuts. The funniest part about that was Ryan Cameron entering, uh, interviewing Trey Young after the game. And he goes, Trey, you guys just beat the best team in the NBA. And I was like, and they rested four starters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were just trying to hype up the crowd. Yeah. It, it was, it was all, an unbelievable shot. Yeah, that, that was a great game. But I, I remember watching that one from home, and it just had mixed emotions because we were still in this whole draft debacle. So it was like, oh, we kind of need to lose to the Bucks. Mm-hmm. And I remember you said that you were a little um, – Going both ways as well. Yeah, I, I went nuts when it went in, and then I was like, shit! <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy, because at the beginning of the game, we were down like 9-29, to 29, and even Graham at that point was, I don't want to lose like this. I'm going right. to lose, but not yeah, yeah. get completely you want them to fight. This isn't going to be a fun game to be at, and then it ended up being really close. Yeah, they just kept... Close to the game, they kept fighting and, mm-hmm. and coming back in. It was really good. The end of that game, too, was great, because after he made that shot, you saw him mouth, that's that. Mm-hmm. He's also saying, that's my city, too. He kept saying never and never again, which was awesome. Right after he made the shot. Yeah. That's what he said. It was pretty cool. Yeah. And he, he loves it. He loves it. You can tell he, he just adores the crowd and, and wants to be here and wants to win here. And that's really encouraging to see. Out of, after so many superstar, you know, I'm not even saying Trey's a superstar. We've never had a superstar since Dominic, but so many, like, of our high-profile players, like, uh, you know, Millsap's always very stoic. Al is very stoic. Um, Joe Johnson, another stoic guy. We had a lot of stoic guys. True. Yeah. And I think Millsap had a lot of passion for Atlanta, and, and so did Al. Joe, I think, was just making his money, even though he's a good player. But you can see it more through Trey as, a, as, a, as an emerging leader and as a guy who's so energized and loving what he does, more so than anybody I've seen. Jo- as Josh whole. Smith had that, but he obviously... Well, he was, he was a malcontent. When things didn't go well for him, he pouted. True, and it affected true. his play. Yeah. When things don't go well for Trey, I mean, Trey didn't have the best game in the world. He still had 12 points and 16 assists, which for him is not the not the best numbers in the world, which is hilarious. I mean, it shows how great of a player he is. But with, with Trey, when things aren't going well, he keeps going out there and playing. I never see him hang his head. I never see him get mad at people. Um, he just keeps keeps going out there and giving it, giving, giving it his all. Which is also great in a game like that, that he didn't have a great game. He still wanted the ball at the end of the game, and I'm sure you guys knew that was about to go in as soon as he shot it. Well, I thought there was no chance. Once the alley-oop was bad, I was like, well, there it is. Yeah. And then somehow it goes right to him, and he used this little train of source arms and somehow got it into the hole in midair, midair tip. Um, I think one of the other funniest parts uh, about that game was we were talking, I think I was I was calling out Boldenhoser, because Boldenhoser is obviously the coach of the Bucks. And I was telling them to take Kent Bazemore back with them to Milwaukee and that shitty contract he gave him. It was like, this is your fault. And all these people around us were like, oh, that's Bulldozer? <laughs> and one woman said, we got to beat him. And they were <laughs> nice. going nuts. Nice. That was funny. Um, you know, old Coach Bud kind of abandoned ship on us. Yeah, he did. A little bit. He was doing too much, though. Yeah, he, Which, was, he had too much on his plate. Yeah. 
And then I think once he had all the things on his plate that he wanted taken away, he didn't want to be here anymore. Yes. Um, anything you notice at, at the game? This is your second game at State Farm, I believe, right? Since it's become State Farm, yeah. I've actually probably seen more concerts at State Farm than basketball games. Mm. But, um, no, the seats are really good. The game is great. I had a really good time. The fans all around us are really good. So Yeah, that's another thing, too. Yeah, good. I actually caught a T-shirt for the first time in my life, and nice. I gave it away. <laughs> it was someone's birthday behind me. And about- they ended up all being kids' T-shirts, so... Who wants that? Who wants that anyway? Do you hear that the Astros mascot is getting sued? Well, the Astros are getting sued like a million dollars because some lady broke her finger and had to have multiple surgeries from a t-shirt gun. Oh, no. Really? Yeah. Like the t-shirt hitting it? Yeah, I'm I'm sure her her finger was out like this and the finger just rocketed right into it. There's got to be something in a stadium kind of similar to like baseball or whatever where it's like, you know, there's... Foul balls Flying coming objects. at you. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I'm sure that's... That's true. I'd be really sad if that went anywhere because that's just like a really fun part of the <laughs> right. game. And, you know, uh, Harry even brought out like a little girl to shoot the gun at one point. So it's yeah. a lot of fun. Lot Kids of fun lose things. their minds. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and honestly, if that happened to me, I'd be like, well, I broke my finger. Okay. I'm not going to blame anyone for that. that right. That's just... That's something that could possibly happen when you go to a sport. I event. probably should have let that dollar fifty t-shirt just fly past me right, right. or learn yeah. how to catch right. so one of the yeah, two yeah, things need yeah. to happen exactly <laughs> develop some hand-eye coordination <laughs> yeah oh. uh well there was a spoiling thing too so there was great we did have a couple bucks fans in front of us and they were filming during overtime and they thought they were going to win because our, they were look, filming the whole inbounds thing so I got right in their ear when they lost and I was like ha nice <laughs> it's like but their video is completely ruined because they just but they got Trey sinking that shot. I'm sure that was, was one. They're they probably going to delete that one anyways with yeah, the loss. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they didn't care too much. It was just funny. Yeah. They were filming for like three nice. or four minutes waiting for them to win and probably turn around and yell at all of us. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. That was nice. How about that? When, uh, one thing that was great was, is that I noticed in that game in particular was John Collins' defensive ability has really grown as the season's gone along. He had multiple blocks in that game. And, uh, Usually it seems like he gets beaten a little bit on the inside, but he's starting to he's starting to turn a corner, I think, defensively. I might wouldn't say as much for Trey yet, but but John, I'm starting to see him be more of a presence in the interior. Was uh, Herder playing that game? Yeah, he, he made, was. He made a few nice shots. Mm-hmm. He didn't have an outstanding game. Yeah, um, I don't think he played enough either. But that's just me. Yeah, he was he was he got held out a little bit more than he, maybe he should have. Lynn had an excellent game. I think mm-hmm. Lynn is Lynn's a guy I'm really excited about. Particularly with Deadman being out for the rest of the year, Lynn's really stepped up, I think, in his absence. Three-point shot's gotten better. He's, he's uh, once again, a great presence inside. I'd like to see him play inside a little more offensively, but I I hope he stays for for a while. So. Didn't Anderson have a really good game? Yeah, that like, Justin Anderson. Yeah, yeah, it was he had, like, crazy. I was like, points. who is this guy? I know. Like, yeah, he was all nuts. over the place. He, he plays was. phenomenal defense. He was yeah. hitting threes. Like you know, I think mm-hmm. Len Anderson and Bembry are all guys I want to see come back for sure. Yeah, I love DeAndre. He's yeah. like a wild card. It's yeah. like when he's on, he's he's an electric player. Mm-hmm. But Anderson, yeah, he's he's shown a lot for a guy that averages only one point two points a game. I mean, he's really come on at the end of the season to 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 show something. And Vince Carter was awesome in that game too. And once again, we just hope Vince comes back next year uh, to the Hawks if he wants to continue to play. If he doesn't, I think the. Uh, there will be no more 90s basketball players left because Dirk announced his retirement, so Vince mm-hmm. is, the, is the last one standing. Yeah. I think he's coming back for sure. I hope so. Do you see there was a game recently where he was 
getting a rest day, and he was in the booth with Bob and Neek. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. I didn't see the game, but I heard about that. And um, at one point in the first quarter, uh, Lloyd Pierce came up and tried to sub Vince in. Oh, nice. <laughs> He's like, Coach, I'm in a suit. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, that's good. And and that's uh, another thing that was interesting. I was reading uh, something from Baysmore on The Athletic because there was an article about him being you know the $19 million problem next year. And he was saying, like, look, I get it. Um, you know, I haven't played it up to my standards, and I'm – I would, I would understand what the fans would be upset, but one thing he was pointing out, the difference between last year and this year is how selfless this team is. We've talked about the, we've talked about how well the chemistry is coming together for this team, especially through Lloyd Pierce, but that was, that was one of the big things he said. It's like, when there's an off day, we're going out to dinner together, we're doing all these things together, practice, there's a lot of talking, there's a lot of working together. The last year of Bullenhoser, you could just hear the squeaks of the, of the shoes on the floor. And that yeah. was like a, a painted a very vivid image of just guys going through the motions right. who gives a shit and how important team chemistry is and something that Lloyd Pierce has done an excellent job instilling with this basketball team. So Bayes feels like a part of this team. Yeah, and he's like, I don't really give it. I mean, I give a shit that my I'm not starting, but I also want the other guys to do well. I'm not going to hold it against anybody. Right. We have a very collaborative nature here that even if I'm not the guy and I think I should be the guy, I'm paraphrasing here, but... I'm still going to support my brothers. And that was really nice of him to say. And even though I, you know, am disappointed in his output, that is very admirable on him and proves that he's a he's a good guy and he's doing his all. Yeah, I mean, he's a good role player to have around. Yeah. But, I mean, you just don't want to pay him that much, obviously. Right. But, but then again, if, it, if you aren't that good and you're offered that money, are you going to say, no, I don't deserve hell that? Hell no. Exactly. Yeah. So, you only get so mad at, at Baysmore for yeah, taking no, that Yeah, no, you get it. I mean, you just can't judge a player's role based off how much they're making and we have a ton of money to spend next year so it really doesn't matter at all mm-hmm. and next year's the last year of this his deal right so, so even if he comes back it's not like it's an albatross around yeah, the franchise not at all. we're not paying anybody else mm-hmm. except him basically what's going on with the draft picks now i heard on i feel like i heard on 680 this morning that we might get two we do have so here's how it works we have our pick and if the Mavericks don't get into the top five based off the lottery, we get their pick. Okay. So their their pick is top five protected okay. from the Luka Doncic mm-hmm. uh, trade. Mm-hmm. So when the lottery happens, if we get, say, the second pick and they get the eighth pick, we get that pick, their pick, the eighth pick. So that's that's how it's going to work. Sure. And I can't remember when the lottery is. I think it's in May? Something like that. I know it's like during the playoffs, yeah, which is weird. because the draft's June, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, I think Maze, right? Yeah, so I definitely want to. We gotta get together and watch that because that that's gonna be big. That could potentially be huge. NCAA tournament's over. Everybody knows they want Zion. Uh, it's gonna be really exciting to see who gets him. I'm game, Graham. Yeah, let's do it. I've never gotten together with anyone to watch the NBA draft lottery, but I think this is a special year to do it. Yes. Oh, really? Yeah. So transitioning to Atlanta United now it feels like they haven't played a game. In so long, as I said earlier, uh, Alexa knows a hell of a lot more about soccer than either of us do, and we're still winless in the MLS. Lost a very brutal game to the Columbus Crew. Yes. Uh, in the in the rain, one of the things that stuck out to me in that game was how one of the harsh elements, which we've had a couple of games like that this year, but it was like the ball would be in the air and land, and guys would be anticipating it being rolling a little more than it actually was because of how soggy the field was. I mean, that, that was just an ugly, disgusting game in all respects. 
Yes. The conditions are really bad. They had to stop at one point because of uh, probably some kind of lightning in the area. That's really the only reason you stopped. But the field was so saturated. There were just puddles of water, which is why, um, you know, that one goal that kind of looked like got scored easy was actually pretty difficult in the rain because of the skips it took. It was just really mm-hmm. hard for us to judge what was going on there. So, but yeah, the, the elements are really difficult. Gazan had a goal scored on that looked pretty easy, but it actually was a difficult goal to score. And then we had another one go in. Just our defense was kind of all over the place. One of the things that upset me about that game was they were talking about the terrible elements that the United had to play in. I was like, yeah, but Columbus also had to play in these terrible elements, and they scored two goals. So it seemed kind of like a lame excuse that our broadcasters were using, who I love. I love the guys that do the broadcasting, but... Um, it's been a difficult start to the season. We are trying to figure out the formation still. We started in uh, four four three. Please explain that to those of us that are uh, soccer challenged over here, like the two of us. Just the what the hell four four three is four three three. Whatever. So, what we started the season in was three four three, which is three people up, four midfielders, and three defenders. So would that lean you towards more of a defensive mindset? Um, not necessarily. It just doesn't have, like, when Tata played, we had more people up front because it was all about that burst of speed right. and to kind of get everything going up front. But with having those people back, you do have a better chance of having more defense and more possession of the ball. But as we've seen, that hasn't always worked out for United so far. We've maintained superior possession, but still either tied or lost games. So... They're trying to figure it out. They went to four three three starting in the Columbus match, which seemed like it was going to work better. Didn't really. I don't think uh, PT was Pity was playing, but I could have been wrong about that. But I'm pretty sure he wasn't playing. He's been having. I don't know if it's like conditioning issues, whether he's just not like in shape, and he seems kind of slow and behind on things. We're just having a tough time getting stuff into Martinez. It's just all around just. We're really missing on But they, they did go back to Tata's formation in that last game? No. Oh, they didn't? No. Oh. No. They, they didn't go back to the old formation. Are you of the mindset of uh, being super anti-Frank DeBoer? Do you want to let it play out a little longer? Or, or what are your thoughts on that so far? I, I want to let it play out a little longer. I mean, it's a completely different type of team that he's trying to build. It's not all about that speed and offense he wants kind of more of a methodical way of playing more I wouldn't say like traditional but I think it's a more standard he's using more standard formations like when the way Tata had them playing I wasn't really familiar with so uh, it worked really well and it but to me you also have to play to your players like if you're trying to make people assume roles that they're not comfortable with they're gonna do it because they want to be on the team and help the team win but you also I think at a point he's going to have to look at these guys and go is this really what's going to help us win and if he keeps doing that it might just be kind of it might look a little stubborn to a lot of the fans but hopefully he'll he'll work it out and we'll see where the season takes us but if they have a if they have a really tough season it's going to be difficult to say that was the right decision but there's also other things at play. I mean, we're the champions. People come after you. They play you a lot harder. But I think there's other factors going on, too. But there's, there's been some good things. I really like Miles Robinson's really good. Yeah, he's been a defensive hero. He's been great. Parkhurst has been great when he comes in. Gonzalez Perez has been doing really well. 
Um, you know, Shea's got a lot to learn, but hopefully they, you know, got to trust they know what they're doing and work out. He's only been here for four games. I mean, people got to remember that too. He was hired kind of late in. Pity came in late. He didn't have that much training to go through and bonding with the team. So there's a lot right. that... I think he was signed in like January or something like that. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot that goes into into that to kind of get in and mesh with all with all your teammates. So hopefully they work it out and we have a game coming up on Saturday and they win their first game of the season. It'll be awesome. Yeah, I'd say now's not the time to worry for the United and the United fans out there, Graham, mm-hmm. of which there are many in the city, as we know. Um... But yeah, I mean, you got to thank all their games early. They were just playing. They were in the Concaf uh, or whatever that was Con- called. Concacaf. Concacaf mm-hmm. tournament as well while they're playing their MLS games, and then that sounds like that Columbus game. You can just pretty much wipe that one out because yeah, of the conditions. Yeah. So if they start losing uh, a lot of home games, then you're concerned. Yes. Because they've pretty much just drawn at home, right? Yeah, you're right. It was a, it was a tie. Uh, both home games have been a tie. Philadelphia and Cincinnati. Um, I really want to know just what what will will the adjustments be made, or will it just continue to be we're going to be banging our head against the wall with this with this philosophy from DeBoer? Um, but the MLS season's so damn long, and this t- team has enough talent that they, they got to put it together at some point. I just I have to believe that. It's just what I have to think. I mean, why are you going to write? A team off after what four or five games into a season for Christ's sake of you know people are pregnant longer than this I mean this season these seasons are longer than people are pregnant so let's just give it a rest we don't even fully write the Falcons off four to five games in the season right we didn't write them off until uh what's his name Nick, yeah what Nick Chubb ran 96 yeah. yards on us or whatever that was yeah. for a touchdown I'm just looking forward to the game on Saturday and hope they bring home a win they, yeah they play the Patriots I believe Yes. Yes, the Patriots. New England. Yeah, let's take out that whoremonger Robert Kraft this weekend and show him how we do things in Atlanta. Well, I think that wraps up today's episode of Atlanta Zone. I want to thank Alexa for joining us in this abbreviated stunt here on the show. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Yes. And uh, it's good to get back in, in the swing of things, and uh, we'll do better next time. Although I thought it was a pretty decent show. We had a lot of passion in the Braves segment, for sure. Yeah. Um you know, us talking Falcons right now and it's United, tough. it's always going to be tough. Yeah. Uh, especially when there's not any United games, but United games coming up, we'll watch them. And we'll try to talk about them next week. Yes, we will, Graham. All right. Until next time, rise up, chop on, stay in brotherhood, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitalism. Hospitalism. Rest in peace, Atlanta legends. Yeah, good thing we didn't change our uh, logo yet for that. Yeah, that would have sucked. 